welcome to the Divine Will Podcast, where we read and study the writings of the Servant of God, Louisa Picaretta. Let us begin. We will continue with the 11 a.m. and the 12 p.m. hour of the Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ. I apologize for taking such a long break. My intention, God willing, is to uh, be more regular with these podcasts. So let's get started. Volume 12, May 15, 1920. In the eternal will of the Father, the crucifixion of Jesus is complete and extends to everyone. I lamented with my sweet Jesus, saying to him, Where are your promises? There are no more crosses, no more similarity with you, and nothing remains for me but to cry over my sorrowful lot. Then Jesus, moving himself, said to me in my interior, My daughter, my crucifixion was complete, and do you know why? Because it was done in the eternal will of my Father. In this will the cross made itself so long and so wide as to embrace all centuries, penetrating into every heart, past, present, and future, in a way that I remain crucified in the heart of every creature. This divine will put nails to all my interior, to my desires, to my affections, and to my heartbeats. I am able to say that I did not have my own life, but the life of the eternal will that enclosed in me all creatures, and to whom it wanted me to answer for everyone. My crucifixion would never have been able to be complete and so extensive as to embrace everyone if the eternal volition had not been the actor. In you also do I want that the crucifixion to be complete and extended to all. This is the reason for the continuous calls that I make to you in my volition, the prods to bring the whole human family before the Supreme Majesty, and to supply in the name of everyone for the acts which they do not do. The forgetting of yourself, the absence of personal reflections, are nothing other than nails that my will places. My will does not know how to do little or incomplete things. Moreover, making itself a crown around the soul, it wants her in itself. Then, extending her in all the ambience of its eternal volition, it places there the seal of its completion. My volition empties all the human from the interior of the creature and places there all the divine. Moreover, To be more certain, it seals her whole interior with as many nails for as many human acts as are able to have life from the creature, substitutes them with so many other divine acts, and so forms the true crucifixion, and not for a time, but for her entire life. Volume 14, June 9th 1922. Jesus wants his repose in the soul. As I continued in my usual state, my ever-lovable Jesus had been coming frequently. Coming this time and resting his head on mine, he said, My daughter, I need repose. 
The uncreated intelligence desires to rest itself in the created intelligence. But in order to find complete repose, it must find in your intelligence all the glory and all the satisfaction that all the other intelligences owe me. That is why my will wishes to expand your capacity, so that my intelligence may find this repose. No, no, I will not be content until my will places in you all that others should render me. Then it seemed that he blew upon my intelligence, and it became bound to all the created minds that emerged from the hands of our Creator by as many threads of light. And every thread of light said, Glory, adoration, honor, love, thanksgiving, to my three times holy God. And Jesus said, Ah, yes, now I can find repose because I find the acknowledgement and reciprocity of creation's intelligence. The created mind mingles with the uncreated mind. As he rested his head on my heart, it seemed that he did not find complete repose. Then he placed his mouth over my heart and exhaled into it. At every breath, my heart expanded. Then he added, My daughter, I am determined to find repose, so I wish to breathe into your heart in order to place in it all the love that the rest of creation owes me. My repose cannot be perfect until I find reciprocity for the love which has emanated from me. Therefore, I wish to find in your heart the love that it is fitting for all to give me. My will shall accomplish this prodigy in you, and my heart will sing a note on behalf of everyone, and this note shall be love. Then he again placed his head over my heart and let it rest there. How beautiful it was to see Jesus rest. He then disappeared and returned, this time wanting to find repose in my hands. Then on my shoulders, it seemed that he wanted to test whether all of my person was willing and able to give him repose. Then he said, My beloved, how much love I feel for you. I concentrate in you all the love that was destined for all others, but which they refuse. I feel in you the echo of my creating words. Let us make man in our image and likeness, and I find them fulfilled. Ah, only our will can make man return to his prime origin. Our will shall place on the human will an imprint of all the divine impressions, and fusing one will into the other will carry it as if on wings into the arms of its creator. Moreover, this human will shall not be deformed as it was by guilt, but rather pure, beautiful, and in the likeness of its creator. I want you to receive in your will all the impressions of my will, so that neither heaven nor earth will be able to perceive any will acting in you other than the divine will, and they will feel overwhelmed by it. Then will all receive the goods that derive from the divine operations and creatures. Therefore, dispose yourself to accept everything 
and be faithful to me. Afterwards, Jesus returned all distressed and said to me, I am pained when they think of me as being severe and that I desire to exercise justice more than mercy. With me they are an expectation of being punished for the slightest misstep. Oh, how I feel dishonored by them, because this causes them to stay at a great distance from me, and those who are distant from me cannot receive all the infusion of my love. While it is they who do not love me, they think of me as being severe and almost fear-inspiring. If they cast but one glance on my life, they will notice that I only executed a single act of justice. To defend my father's house, I took a handful of rope and, swinging right and left, expelled those who defiled the temple. Everything else in my life was nothing but mercy. My conception was mercy, my birth was mercy, my words were mercy, my acts were mercy, my steps were mercy. Mercy was the blood I shed. Mercy were my sufferings. Everything was done in the mercy of my love. Yet there are those who fear me, whereas they should fear themselves much more than they fear me. Volume 14, September 1st, 1922 In my usual state, my always amiable Jesus appeared labored and oppressed, but what most oppressed him were the flames of his love. These flames gushed forth from him and overflowed, but were forced to return because of human ingratitude. Oh, how his most sacred heart was suffocating and choking from his own flames! He asked for comfort. And then he said to me, My daughter, relieve me because I cannot endure more. My own flames devour me. Let me expand your heart to put there my love and the sorrow of my love, which has been rejected. Ah, the suffering of my love exceeds all my other sufferings combined. And while he told me this, he put his mouth on my heart and forcefully blew in such a manner that I felt it expand. Afterwards, he touched it with his hands as though he wanted to enlarge it more, and he blew again. I felt as though it would explode, but Jesus continued to blow. After he completely filled it, he closed it with his hands, as though sealing it in such a way that there was no hope whatsoever that I would be relieved. And he said to me, Daughter of my heart, I have wanted to seal in you my love and sorrow, so you would experience how tremendous is the pain of contained love, of rejected love. My daughter, be patient. You will suffer much. It is the most severe suffering, but it is your Jesus, your life, who seeks this comfort from you. Only Jesus knows what I suffered and felt. And because of this, I felt it best not to write about it. Then, having spent the entire day feeling that I was dying, my sweet Jesus, returning at night, wanted to continue blowing in my heart. Then I said to him, Jesus, I cannot endure more. I cannot hold what I have. How is it that you wish to put in more? And he, 
taking me in his arms to give me strength, told me, My daughter, take courage. Let me continue. It is necessary. If it were not so, I would not give you such suffering. Evil has become so pronounced that it is necessary for you to suffer my pains keenly, as though I were alive once again on earth. The earth is about to release flames to chastise the creature. My love runs to cover them with grace, but having been rejected, it is changed to fire to chastise them. Accordingly, humanity finds itself between these two fires, fire from heaven and fire from earth. Evil is so rampant that these two fires are ready to unite, and the pain that I have you suffer runs between them to stop them from uniting. And if it were not for this, poor humanity would have come fully to its end. Therefore, let me continue. I will be with you to give you strength. And while he said this, he continued blowing, and I, unable to endure more, asked him to sustain me with his hands and give me strength. Then Jesus touched me. Taking my heart in his hands, he stretched it so tight that only he knows what suffering he caused. And not satisfied with this, he squeezed my throat with his hands so that I felt the bones and nerves in my throat and I felt asphyxiated. Then having left me in this position for some time, with total tenderness he told me, Take courage. The present generation is in this state. The passions which dominate are so many and varied, and of such nature that creatures are choked by them, and by vices still more vile and horrible. The putrefaction and mire is at such a level that it is ready to submerge them. This is why I have made you suffer the pains of asphyxiation in your throat, because this suffering is that of the final moments. I have asked this reparation from you because I can no longer stand to see humanity choked by its own evils. But know that I also endured this suffering. When they crucified me, they stretched me so forcefully over the cross that I felt all my nerves twist and shred. But those in my throat experienced greater suffering and stretching, so much so that I felt asphyxiated. It was the scream of all humanity, submerged in passions, which tightened my throat and choked me in pain. This suffering was tremendous and horrible. I felt the stretching of the bones and muscles of my neck with such force that I felt they were destroyed, including those of my head, mouth, and eyes. The nature and degree of the tension was such that the slightest movement made me feel deadly pain. For moments I remained immobile. For moments my body contorted so much that I trembled on the cross in such a terrible way that my very enemies were terrorized. I therefore repeat, Take courage. It is my will that will give you strength in everything. Volume 7, February 23, 1906 All of Jesus was nailed in his Father's will because the crucifixion was his Father's will. 
This morning I was thinking of our Lord in the act of being nailed to the cross. While I was compassionating Him, Blessed Jesus said to me, My daughter, not only my hands and feet were nailed to the cross, but also all the particles of my humanity, of my soul and of my divinity. All were nailed in my Father's will, because the crucifixion was my Father's will. Moreover, this was necessary because what is sin but to withdraw from the will of God, from all that is good and holy, which is given by God, and to believe oneself is something, and in the process to offend the Creator? So in order to repair such audacity and to tear down this idol that the creature builds of himself, I wanted to lose my will entirely and to live by the will of the Father at the cost of great sacrifice. Volume 7, June 20th, 1906 I felt great pain, as much in my soul as in my body. I felt consumed by a high fever that was burning my flesh to the point of experiencing fainting spells. And I was ready to die because my blessed Jesus did not come to see me. Afterwards, I came out of myself. I was nailed to the cross, not only my hands and feet, like the other times, but also each bone had its nail. Additionally, at the same time, I could see my blessed Jesus with a great light. But, oh, how much pain I suffered! In the smallest movement I felt myself torn by the nails, and in each moment I felt like I was dying. I surrendered myself and was submerged in the divine will, which I felt was the key that opened all the divine treasures. That gave me strength to not only sustain me in this state of suffering, but also to be content and happy. The nails seemed to produce fire, and I, all immersed in this fire, also burned. My blessed Jesus saw me, and he pitied me. Then he said, My daughter, all has to be reduced to a single point, that is, become one flame. Moreover, this flame being purified produces a pure light, like a sun, similar to the one that you see which surrounds me. This way the soul that is transformed into light cannot be far from the divine light. What's more, my own light will absorb her in itself and take her to heaven. For this reason, courage. It is the complete crucifixion of soul and body that you are suffering now. Don't you see that your light is ready to come out of the flame to go to my light, which is waiting to absorb yours into mine? While Jesus said this, I saw myself and discovered inside of me a great flame. Further, from this flame came out a small flame of light that was about to separate itself and take flight. Who could express my happiness to thinking that in dying I could forever be with my life and my center, with my supreme and only good? It is enough to say that I felt paradise in advance. Volume 12, April 12, 1917 Pains must be placed upon the cross of Jesus so that nothing lacks of love and thus nothing lacks of happiness. 
Finding myself in my usual state, my always amiable Jesus came, and since I was suffering a little, he took me in his arms, saying to me, My beloved daughter, my beloved daughter, rest in me. Rather, do not keep your pains to yourself. Send them to my cross as retinue, to my pains and as relief for me, and my pains will court yours and sustain you. They will burn in the same fire and be consumed together. Then I will see your pains as mine. I will give them the same effects, the same value, and they will perform the same office that I did on the cross before my Father and towards souls. Rather, come yourself to the cross. How happy we will be remaining together, although suffering, because it's not suffering that makes the creature unhappy. On the contrary, suffering makes her victorious, glorious, rich, and beautiful. But she makes herself unhappy when something is lacking to her love. You, united to me on the cross, will be satisfied in everything by love. Your pains will be love. Your life will be love. All love, and therefore, you will be happy. Volume 12, August 7, 1918 In the soul who gives life in itself to Jesus, he continues the consummation that he suffered upon the cross for souls. I lamented with Jesus for his privation, and I said to myself, Everything is finished. What bitter days! My Jesus has disappeared. He has withdrawn himself from me. How can I live any more? While I said this and other blunders, my always amiable Jesus, with an intellectual light that came to me from him, said to me, My daughter, my consummation on the cross still continues in souls. When the soul is well disposed and gives me life in her, I live again in her as inside of my own humanity. The flames of my love burn me, and I feel ardent desires for attesting this to creatures, and for saying to them, Do you see how much I love you? I am not content with having consumed myself on the cross for your love, but I want to consume myself for your love in this soul who has given me life in herself. And therefore, I make the soul feel the consummation of my life in her. The soul feels herself as constrained. She suffers mortal agonies. Not feeling the life of her Jesus in her any more, she feels herself consumed. As she feels lacking in her, my life, in which she was accustomed to living, she struggles and trembles almost as my humanity on the cross, while my divinity, removing its strength from her, lets her die. This consummation of the soul is not human, but all divine. Moreover, I feel the satisfaction as if another divine life of mine should be consummated for my love, since in fact it is not her life that has been consummated, but my life, which she no longer feels and no longer sees. Hence it seems to her that I am dead for her. To creatures I renew the effects of my consummation, and to the soul I double the grace and glory. I feel the sweet enchantment, the attraction of my humanity, that let me do what I wanted. Therefore, let me also do what I want in you. Leave me free, 
and I will develop my life in you. Another day I lamented again, and I said to him, What? You have left me? Then Jesus, serious and imposing, said to me, Be quiet. Don't talk nonsense. I have not left you. I remain in the depth of your soul. Therefore you do not see me. Moreover, when you see me, it is because I come out to the surface of your soul. Do not distract yourself. I want you all intent on me to be able to have you always available for the good of all. Volume 12, January 4, 1919 Louisa, as another humanity of Jesus, suffers in the Passion with the strength and the effects of the pains of Jesus. Continuing in my usual state, I was completely afflicted for the privations of my sweet Jesus. Nevertheless, I tried to be united with Him, doing one of the hours of the Passion as best I could. I was doing that one of Jesus on the cross when I heard Him in my interior. He joined His hands and with articulate voice He said, My father, accept the sacrifice of this daughter of mine, of the pain she feels for my privation. Do you not see how she suffers? The pain leaves her as without life, deprived of me, so much so that, although hidden, I am constrained to suffer it together with her to give her strength. Otherwise, she would succumb. O father, accept it united to the pain that I felt on the cross, when I was abandoned even by you, and grant that the privation of me that she feels be light, knowledge, divine life in other souls, and all that I impetrated with my abandonment. This said, he disappeared again. I felt as petrified for the pains, and although crying, I said to him, My life, Jesus, ah, yes, give me souls, and the strongest bond that constrains you to give them to me is the excruciating pain of your privation. Moreover, this pain runs in your will, so that all feel the touch of my pain and my incessant cry, and they surrender themselves. Then, toward evening, scarcely had blessed Jesus come, then he added, Daughter and refuge of mine, Today what sweet harmony your pain made in my will. My will is in heaven, and your pain, finding itself in my will, harmonized in heaven, and with its cry asked the sacrosanct trinity for souls. Then my will, flowing at all the angels and saints, in your pain asked of them souls, so much so that they remained struck by your pain, and together with your pain all cried, Souls, souls! My majesty, my will, flows into all creatures, and your pain has touched all hearts and cried to everyone, Save yourselves, save yourselves! My will concentrated itself in you, and as refulgent sun it placed itself to watch over all to convert them. See what great good? Nevertheless, who knows the value, the incalculable price of my volition? Volume 4, April 5, 1901 
In compassionating the mother, one compassionates Jesus. On Calvary, at the crucifixion, Louisa sees all generations in Jesus. As the state of privation continued, this morning I seemed to see him for a little while, together with the Queen Mother, and since adorable Jesus had the crown of thorns, I removed it from him, and I compassionated him thoroughly. While I was doing this, he told me, Compassionate also my mother, because since the reason of her sorrows is my suffering, in compassionating her, you come to compassionate me. After this, I seemed to find myself on Mount Calvary, in the act of the crucifixion of our Lord, and while he suffered the crucifixion, I could see, I don't know how, all generations, past, present, and future, in Jesus. And since Jesus had everyone within himself, he felt all the offenses that each of us would give him, and he suffered for all in general, and for each individual in particular, in such a way that I could see also my sins and the pains that he suffered for me individually, and I could also see the remedy that he administered to us, with the exception of no one, for our evils and for our eternal salvation. Now, who can say all that I saw in blessed Jesus, from the first to the last man? As I was outside of myself, I could see things clearly and distinctly, but finding myself inside myself, I see them all confused. So in order to avoid nonsense, I stop here. This concludes our podcast for today. This podcast is coming from the Louisa Picaretta Center for the Divine Will. For more information, please call 423-566-5178. Thank you for listening. God bless.